Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the NFL Stock Exchange Podcast. In this episode, we're taking a look at the locked, finalized draft order for all non-playoff teams now that the regular season is over in the NFL. So we finally have the 2023 NFL Draft Order somewhat set, 1 through 18, so we got a lot of teams to talk about, especially a new team picking at number one. So many scenarios, so many positions, so many team prospect pairings that we go over here in this podcast, and... It's just the very beginning. I'm Trevor Sycamore. With me, as always, is Connor Rogers. Let's ring the bell. Welcome to the opening bell of the NFL Stock Exchange Podcast. I'm Trevor Sycamore. That is Connor Rogers. Joining you guys a day late, and, and, we, and, and we recognize that. You know what? That's hand up. That's on us. Uh, we're, we're, no, no, we're no, bat- no, 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 no. We're it's battling on us. Here. It's on me. It's not on us. You're a good soldier. You're a good sport. Uh, full transparency, I was I was under the weather, and I, I didn't have my flu game in me. I just didn't <sighs> have it in me. So we're here for you um i guess almost a daily i know we're gonna get this thing out as soon as we can so don't let trevor fall be fall for me i will take the blame and we're here and we're ready to do this thing it's a partnership it's a partnership that's right that's what it is. when somebody asks me who my partner is i go trevor sycamore (laughs) (laughs) i love hearing that does that mean we have to get valentine's day gifts okay now it's weird sorry uh all right well today on the podcast whether it was coming out on its regular scheduled day, or whether you were listening to it right now, the topic was always going to be the same. And that is because the yes. regular season is over in the NFL, which means we have the locked and loaded 2023 NFL draft order for the non-playoff teams. Now, that is not to say that this will be the exact order when we get to the first pick at the end of April. We're going to dig into plenty of those scenarios here in a second, but we want to discuss it as the owner is finalized. We do that every single Wednesday. We talk about the what ifs. Now it's less of a, oh, what if this team team picks here? Now it's a, what are they going to do here? So a little bit more solidified scenarios, tongue twister there, that we get to discuss here. And uh, Connor, I'm excited, man. This order, I feel like could not have turned out any better from a content perspective all due respect to houston texans fans who my heart is with you but my god is there going to be some incredible content over the next two or three months i mean you got it all you got the potential number one pick auction Mm -hmm. you got the team at number two that needs a quarterback you got the team at number four that needs a quarterback you got clean slate in arizona at three you know like what are they gonna what are they gonna do totally clean slate at three you got Seattle and the Lions, teams that are trending up, still picking in the top 10 because they have the Broncos and Rams picks. Mm-hmm. 
Raiders, obviously, probably moving into a new era at quarterback. Falcons, I think the same thing, although we'll see how they plan to move forward with Ritter, Carolina. There's so much drama here. Um, so much drama here. And there's, you know, as all, every draft has, there's a lot of talent at the top. So it's it, you're right. The order fell perfectly for the NFL draft analysts and the NFL draft podcast in yes. this world. Yes, it's going to be a beautiful next couple of months as we get to talk about everything that is possible with this order. I'll just read it off to start us off here. I'll go 1 to 18 just so you guys if you if you haven't seen it or if you're following along, maybe you got Tankathon or the NFL draft order up as you were listening to this podcast. Chicago Bears, they did it. They ended up getting the number one overall pick. Weren't sure we were not sure that was going to be the case. It felt like we had Houston at number 1 for what? Three months, Connor. It, it felt like it was a three-month steady. Houston's at one. Bryce Young in every single mock draft. Now he gets to open it up a little bit. Chicago picks number one. Houston picks number two. Arizona Cardinals picking number three. Indianapolis Colts four. Seattle Seahawks via the Denver Broncos. They're picking five. Detroit Lions via the Los Angeles Rams at six. Vegas at seven. Atlanta at eight. Carolina at nine. Philly does end up with that top ten overall pick because New Orleans selection is at number ten. So Philly gets that one. Tennessee sitting at 11. Houston's second first round pick comes in at number 12, where Cleveland would have been picking. Your New York Jets are at 13. New England's at 14. Green Bay, 15. Washington Commanders at 16. Pittsburgh Steelers at 17. And the last non-playoff spot goes to the Detroit Lions for their second selection in the top 18. Connor, we touched on it a little bit on the Monday show for the What Matters Most when we discuss what matters most from Chicago's result and Houston's result. But now that we're going full draft focus, looking at the draft order, what's the thoughts with Chicago here? What's on the table for them? What are some early scenarios you might like from their perspective? We'll talk about a little bit later in the order teams that could be trading up. But what's your favorite perspective, favorite attack right now for the Chicago Bears? The balance of getting a great player at a premium position of need in Will Anderson Mm -hmm. or... And why I said balance the lead it the package of picks because somebody will call to get into this pick. Many, many will call. call. You're right. Whether Houston uh, nibbles with the idea of flipping here. You heard Chris Ballard say, what was the quote, Trevor? We'll do everything or anything we can. Whatever the words were, it was aggressive. It was something you do not see from a GM in the draft world. I was was talking with Mike Renner about that a little bit this morning, and Mike was like, that was a little shocking, right? And I'm like, well, what else is the guy going to say? They're sitting at four, their roster is good, and quarterback's been abysmal for them. It's not like it's a secret, you know? It's not like they're calling up Chicago yeah. or Houston or, I don't know, whoever it's going to be, and they're, and they're like trying to keep it hush-hush that they're moving up for a quarterback. I think everybody knows it, and I think that Ballard just uh, was kind of reading the elephant in the room, if you will. So with that being said, what jumps out to me is that one and three are the leaping spots, right? You know you need to get in front of Houston. Well, Mm -hmm. in the simplest terms, you need to get to number one so you have the pick of the litter. I think for the majority of teams, that'll be Bryce Young. But then you know you need to get to three because the Colts are at four. I mean, Trevor, this draft, here's what's crazy, right? All right? Mm -hmm. This is like the what matters most of the draft show. We are now in a position where we live in a world that if Chicago 
and Arizona trade their picks, quarterbacks could go one, two, three. In this draft, sure. there is a world where this draft goes Bryce, CJ, Levis. And if you're the Colts and you know that, that means the price goes up. Right. Because you can't sit there for and go, Anthony Richardson? Right. Like you, you cannot do that. So I guess the ramifications of how everything fell is that the stock of the quarterbacks went up without having them to do anything more on the field, in my opinion. Yeah, I think we went into this draft class. Certainly, if you go back to some early mocks that we did in like September or August, and I think you and I both would have said, this is not going to be one of those quarterback classes where you've got three quarterbacks going in the top five. We didn't think that was the case. Lo and behold, the desperation to go get a quarterback. And I will say, like, C.J. Stroud looking as good as he did against Georgia certainly helped. Yep. Um, the media, it's it, it feels like the media narrative of the NFL really loving Will Levis is pushing that higher than we thought. We knew that Bryce Young was going to be in the conversation. Now it really does feel like those other two are there. And for a guy like Richardson, yeah, I think that somebody might take a chance on him in the top 10. But obviously, that's a different kind of conversation. It's Chicago, for one, I will say this. The fact that we are even entertaining a Chicago Bears taking Bryce Young at number one overall tells me that maybe a lot of the, well, the NFL is not going to be unanimous on Bryce Young might not be as strong as we initially thought it was. It, yep. it really might not be that every team that, that every team in the NFL has this different opinion of Bryce Young. And I again, I'm just kind of trying to read the tea leaves here, but I feel like Bryce Young is going to be regarded as a better prospect than necessarily this. Well, some people just won't like him. I think the majority of the NFL is going to say that dude's special, right? You look at the size, you look at how much of an outlier he would be. He would be like one of three quarterbacks who would ever be that size in the NFL. And I think the other two weren't even picked before the first three rounds, whatever the stat was, it was some stat like that was crazy. So Bryce Young would truly have to be an outlier in his own tier to be good and succeed with his measurables. But guess what? Bryce Young was in his own tier in college football over the last two years. Bryce Young was the best quarterback in college football straight up for the last two years. Whether it was escapability, decision-making, ball placement, just processing, creating everything. He was in his own tier. So, though I do think the Bryce Young, draft Bryce Young, and then trade Justin Fields, or do things like that, while I do think that's kind of crazy right now, the fact that we are even having that discussion makes me believe that there's not going to be as much parity within these quarterback rankings at the very top as maybe we were led to believe a month ago, month or two ago, whatever it was. I think that it's firmly going to be Bryce Young. And for any of those teams, Carolina, Indianapolis, Las Vegas, shoot, you want to throw the New York Jets, the Washington Commanders, the Tennessee Titans, whoever else in there, Atlanta Falcons. If you want Bryce Young, I still think you got to get to one. And that I, included, I, I didn't even I didn't even include the Houston Texans in that, right? Houston Texans are sitting there at two. If Houston wants Bryce Young, they got to figure out how to do a pick swap. I don't think they can sit there at two and think that some other team is going to trade up for Will Levis or CJ Stroud, and they might have Bryce Young fall to him. If you want Bryce, the price is still that number one overall pick. 
Which leads me to number one, I agree, because logic, you go back to logic, and logic is that Bryce Young is the best quarterback in this draft. And it might not be close, to be honest with you. There seems to be a sizable gap from Bryce to the next guy. What it, another scenario on the table to me is if you're Houston, you know, everything's warm there. They fired their last two coaches. Nick Casario is still calling the shots. You got to get it right. Mm-hmm. Is there a world, I guess I'll throw it to you, Trevor, for your opinion. Is there a world where if you're Houston knowing all of these things, but you have so many holes on that roster where you try to dive into the veteran quarterback market pretty aggressively and then go, you know what? We'll take Will Anderson at two if Bryce Young goes number one. And I know it's hard to sit there and, you know, punt on taking a quarterback, but do you do you think about trading for Derek Carr and getting the best player in the draft instead as insurance if Bryce isn't there? I think that's something you have to seriously consider when you just look yourself in the mirror if you're Houston now. It's not exciting. I'm trying to think of a scenario where that would make sense for Houston. And off the top of my head, the only one that really makes sense, because when you look at that Houston roster, it's not... I don't want to say it's terrible. You just got to understand where it is, right? They're not in a winning window. They're about to trade Brandon Cooks, and Brandon Cooks is pissed, right? Who do you have at wide mm-hmm. receiver? You hope you're getting John Mechie back, right? But, like, all right, even if you get Mechie back, you got Mechie back, you still got holes in the offensive line, you got Damian Pierce, cool, but you need better years from Jalen Petrie. You need more consistency out of Derek Singley Jr. Like, you need more guys up front to disrupt the passer. You need better linebackers, right? That roster is just so far away. So the only place where I could think that maybe makes sense, say if Houston's in a Bryce or bust world, is if you trade for like a Zach Wilson. Yeah, Carr shouldn't go there. I don't think any traditional veteran, like when we think think of veteran quarterbacks, what are you thinking of? Jacoby Brissett, Derek Carr, Jimmy G, uh, Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, if they become available, right? I don't really think any of those quarterbacks make sense for the Houston Texans. The only one that would is, is if the jets are willing to move on from Zach Wilson, which I, I don't know if they would be for like a third round pick to get him on, to just get him off the roster, get a pick for him. He doesn't have to be in the locker room anymore. They don't have to hear about Zach Wilson. They don't have to answer questions about, about Zach Wilson. Whoever comes in to play quarterback doesn't have to have that over their shoulder, whatever it is. Trading for a guy who is young and has promise that you might say to yourself, eh, we hit a home run, you know? If we if we're just if we if we we're bunting and we somehow get a double out of it because of just luck, then maybe that makes sense. Or maybe you look at San Francisco's but situation. Yeah. If your job is on the line and your next quarterback decision, are you making that prayer? Because I'm well, not. I think Nick Casario, you're saying whatever you're quarterback he whatever quarterback he acquires next is his choice of if I don't win some damn games next year, I'm done. And that's ultimately why I don't think they go this route at all. I don't think you can even yeah. go a veteran route because the roster's not good enough for a veteran to come in and play well right away. Right? I mean, yeah. you even look at Tom Brady, how poorly it felt like Brady played at times this year, and that Bucks roster is nice. They didn't play yeah. well, but it's Great a lot better receivers. than, than yeah. what he's got than what he would have going on in Houston. Same thing with the Packers, right? Packers at least have an incredible run game nice young receivers to lean on. So what I don't think a veteran quarterback really makes sense there. I think that's why Houston's in a really interesting spot. 
because they're positioning at number two. You would tell yourself, okay, they don't have to give up very much. All Chicago is doing is moving down one spot. Houston's just moving up one spot. But at the same time, you're not just betting against what would be the regular value to move from two to one. You're also betting against however desperate the Indianapolis Colts get, how desperate the Las Vegas Raiders get, how desperate the Carolina Panthers get. And I specifically look at four and nine. I specifically look at the Indianapolis Colts and the Carolina Panthers, two teams that can't hide it. They need a rookie potential superstar quarterback. That is where both of these franchises are. They they cannot leave the first round without a quarterback. And if they're going to take one, which one do you want? You want Bryce. So Carolina's package to move from nine to one might be crazy. It might be three firsts, right? We're talking like three first round picks, maybe even a little bit on top of that. Some picks later, you know what I'm saying? Easily, easily. I think that's probably where the conversation starts. You look at the Indianapolis Colts, maybe the Colts are saying we will not be outbid for a potential Bryce Young at number one. And what if the Colts said, we'll give you four and two other first round picks. So now all of a sudden, Chicago's sitting at a spot where they could still go from one to four, knowing that a quarterback's going to go with one of those spots, knowing that a quarterback's probably going to go number two to Houston and guaranteeing themselves Jalen Carter or Will Anderson anyways, and that's a deal that they would probably rather that's take. That's the play. That's the play. Then Houston sitting here and saying, okay, we'll give you like, you know, a, a second and a third round pick to just move up one spot. And they go, no, because we could still have the guy that we want on defense and two more picks, first round picks from the Colts next year. That's the problem for Houston. It's not just viewing this as a, yeah, they're only one spot down. They don't have to give that much to get up. They are going to be bidding, at least I think, against super desperate teams, especially those two. So that was that's my that's my Houston Texans rant. No, I think you're on it. I think the Colts going up to one right now is the most realistic scenario. And then mm-hmm. it comes down to what Houston ultimately will do. And this is a draft right now that after a guy like Jared Verse decides to go back to school, the ta- the prime talent at the top has dwindled. Olu Fashanu went back to school. He would have been the top tackle in this draft. Jared Verse went back to school. He was edge two from the show. So you're looking at the situation and you're going, okay, let's assume three quarterbacks go in the top 10, right? Mm-hmm. Let's assume Will Anderson and Jalen Carter go in the top 10. What are the other five spots, right? Uh, one of the tackles, I think probably Skaratsky's kind of this wild card. He's a guy I could see being drafted later than we initially expected. Just because of the length picking six to 10 kind of stinks this year. It absolutely does because they're all, you know? it's all the same, right? Equivalent of talent. There's not like a, yeah, there's not like a home run that you're super cool with. And that's not always the case with draft classes. Like, right. Some draft classes you get to, number 12 and you got studs called Micah Parsons and Rashawn Slater. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that year was really, really good, but yeah, I just think that this draft is going to be, it's going to be very exciting because it's going to, you're going to be dealing with desperate teams. You're going to be dealing with a handful of desperate teams who also know that, who know that pick six through 10, you might get a good football player, 
right? I, I, I'm not saying the guys who are going to get picked six and beyond aren't going to oh, be yeah. good football players, but compared to years of the past, a Patrick Sertan, a JC Horn, like a, like a, even even like a Drake London coming in right away and play those kinds of players. I don't know if you're going to get those kinds of impacts. There's not this guarantee that they're well, going to work out there. Six through fifteen, like you said, could be the same. Like here's the players I think of: Miles um, Murphy, mm-hmm. Ryan Brzee, mm-hmm. Paris Johnson, Christian Gonzalez. Yep. I'd agree. I, I would throw Devon Witherspoon up there right now. Oh it, man, I'd, I'd Witherspoon going that high would be awesome. I don't know if he's going to, but that'd be cool. I think he could find his way into the top fifteen. Okay. I feel like I missed some real obvious ones here, but well, if you have, oh, you have Tyree, Tyree will go in the top fifteen. Tyree Wilson, yeah. Um, it, depending on where you have Quentin Johnston, maybe. Yep, and um, then the the fringe guy is is Michael Mayer. No, I would tell I would tell you the fringe guy is Bijan. Absolutely, because I kind of think Bijan's going top fifteen. And if I look at this order, you and I talked about this last time we did a mock. If you look at this order, where are you putting Bijan Robinson? A, a lot of places that you would put him, fans would be like, "No, I, I don't want our team to draft that guy there." That's why I don't. I don't see him in the top fifteen. It would have to be a trade up. Who in the top fifteen is taking him? I, Connor, I don't know, but you and I, but we talk about this all the time. We He's think so it's going to happen. We think it's good. He's just too yeah. good of a football player, right? Yeah. Christian, Christian McCaffrey went eight. Leonard Fournette went four. Zeke Elliott went five. Saquon Barkley went two. No, you're right. You're right. Bijan, he's going to go high. He's, imagine, he, he goes, imagine he goes three to Arizona. I, I mean, you look at me like that because you're like, eh. There's no way a new GM. God, Arizona is all of a sudden really interesting. New general manager, new head coach. Kyler Murray is not playing next year, and they're about Hopkins to trade. Getting traded. And they're about to trade DeAndre Hopkins. JJ best, Watt retired. J, I was just about to say one of their best players on defense, probably the best outside of Buda Baker. JJ Watt's going to retire. Who do you have? Even if you bring Zach out, uh, Zach Allen back, you need defensive line. You need linebackers. You need cornerback help. You need now wide receivers if you're moving on from Hopkins. You need uh, a dynamic running back, and you need better interior offensive linemen. If you take a running back, no, 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 or as great as Bijan Robinson is, I think Arizona is also a sneaky team to trade down, right? Because sure, it makes a lot of sense. Because you know, if Chicago trades the pick, let's say Chicago trades the pick to, I'm not going to use Indianapolis for for a reason. Carolina, here. use Carolina. Okay, Carolina gets from nine to one. We go quarterback, quarterback, and then all of a sudden Arizona's sitting there at three. Indianapolis sitting there at four. The home of Will Levis. And they're sweating. They know they need a quarterback bad. They need to go get one. Arizona could manipulate Indianapolis at four. Arizona could manipulate the Las Vegas Raiders at seven. Arizona could even get very fun with this. Tennessee at 11. Washington at 16, right? The further back you go, the more future picks you get to acquire. And Arizona is not really in the business of competing right away, which also brings up an interesting conversation that uh, Steve Palazzolo and I were having on Monday. Would Arizona entertain trading Kyler? Kyler just signed the big deal. I was going to say, can you? But I think you can. Okay. 
I think it's, I, I believe it's not as crazy. Now they probably Somebody call Brad Spielberger, right? I need to, just I need to live text call. Brad on this show. So he signed a five-year $230 million deal. Where is the bonuses? Okay. He's got, yeah, he's got a bunch of bonuses there. He is 97 mil of dead cap next year. But like, you, so you know how dead cap money works with trades, right? Where the dead cap is essentially the accelerated bonuses that are on the contract, I believe, if I'm understanding this correctly. I think you're on it, yeah. So if you are trading Kyler Murray for next year, one, you weren't even planning on really playing him anyways because he was recovering from injury. Two, you then have that entire year where you just eat all the dead cap from Kyler, all of it, and you're not competing anyways. You could trade him because the problem is, Connor, if you're trading DeAndre Hopkins, how soon are you competing if you're the Cardinals? Murray is coming off no, you're right. You're a major lower you're body injury. It. He's going to be 27 years old next year. So the next time that you're really going to get Kyler Murray is going to be 28 years old with three years left in the deal. Is that going to be enough for you to have a winning window, knowing that he is 45 million, 55 million, and 43 million on the cap? So you're saying it trade him. I'm saying you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So let's have fun with this. Eat the 96.5 million next year, right? Yep. And hire Jeff Saturday so you tank for the number one pick. Sure. Next yeah. year. Yeah. yeah. That's the move. That's the move. What Arizona Cardinals legend would you hire for the tank job? Kurt Warner. You just bring Kurt back? I think he has too much pride. He's a very yeah, prideful right. man. Yeah, you're probably right. They made a movie about him. That's true. They did make I, a movie about him. I, I know. It's funny. I want to find like a fun one. Like where it would be. Larry's too easy. Fitzgerald's too yeah, easy. Yeah, Larry's too easy. He's got Larry's, too much pride. Another very, Larry's very, like, very intelligent, too, where I think he's like, no, 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 you're not doing that to my legacy. Just uh, just have Patrick Peterson retire after this year and then just give him the headset next year. Who are Arizona Cardinals legends? Darnell Dockett. Yeah, but isn't... Like How Dockett's... about Darnell Dockett? I could, could work, I guess. I'm trying to, I'm trying to find a really good one. Man, it's tricky. Mm-hmm. Give Pat, did you say give Patrick Peterson the headset? Is that what yeah, you that's said? What I said? That's pretty funny. Give... That's pretty funny. Because didn't he didn't he like hate Steve Kime or he had something to say about Steve Kime? So Patrick Peterson comes back. No, he hated Kyler. Oh, he no, hated he, Kyler. Yeah, he said that. Uh, would he said I don't want to. I don't want to misquote him. But he's, yeah, yeah, you don't he have said, to. We don't do said, that on this show. He said something about Kyler, and Kyler quote tweeted was basically like, "Bro, like you have my number. Like you could have. Right you yeah. could like you could have said it. Like we were teammates. You could have said this to me, and uh, it was a little odd. But if Kyler, as we are recording the show, Arizona has requested permission from the Saints to speak with Sean Payton. Oh, so they man. are not. They are not." Following our advice, they are running it back and trying to win. And they might trade. Well, if they tried to hire Sean Payton. You can't trade the third overall pick for Sean Payton. God, no. No, 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 no. That'd no, be no. absolute blasphemy. No, that'd be terrible. I couldn't and- think of a worse trade besides the Russell Wilson <laughs> trade. Three for Sean Payton would be a piss. That's something. That's really, 
to just take over a a bad roster with no offensive weapons and no draft pick, no draft picks, and a hurt quarterback. That's due, dude. If I'm Sean Payton, I'm not. I'm not even taking that. No, I'm not, I'm he veto, can't I'm go there. He the can't go there. No. So, anyways, that was all right. That was that was fun. It's like the equivalent of me requesting permission to speak to like, I don't know, Margot Robbie as the third <laughs> co-host of this podcast. Uh, I need I need people to let us know if we're wild. I want people. Well, to, I mean, to we're absolutely us... unhinged, but it's still interesting. Well, that's why they listen to the show. Yes, yeah, so we're Wednesday not here. Episode. We're not here for the lukewarm scenarios. Like, like we said, I think it was last Wednesday. We just hit record on the Wednesday episodes. We look at the draft order, and then we just start talking. Oh, I mean, yeah, and that's where it went. We just floor it without seatbelts. Uh, I'm gonna <laughs> don't do that. Don't do, don't do that. People out there. It's a podcast analogy. Listen to the, listen to the, yeah, yeah. Listen to the podcast while you're driving. You keep that seatbelt on. Here's a question for you. Do you wear your seatbelt in Ubers? Yes. Oh, I don't. It's a bad habit. It's a really bad habit. No, yeah, I do. I don't, well, I think, and it mainly stems from, I just don't trust a lot of people. You should not. Who aren't me when driving. I agree. I agree. Like you're doing fr- the right like, thing. Like even friends, family, whatever. I am. I am a. I am a seatbelt on at all times kind of a person. Like even hey, if we're smart. even if we're crammed into whatever the second row of whatever vehicle you are in. Like even if the, we are the crammed, Honda Odyssey, I will. I will go to put the seatbelt on. And smart. Yeah. I'm. You know. I I had a, a like a come to Jesus. When I was in Vegas on a work trip, and I noticed my coworkers buckling up in the Uber, and I was like, "Ooh, I'm really bad at this." <laughs> and we were going yeah. like two blocks away. Still gotta yeah, buckle got up, it. man. It's my it's my New Year's resolution: wear my seatbelt in Ubers. That's good. I good I want I want that for you. It's You're in good, New Jersey I, and New York. You got it. You need to. I'm in literally the worst driving places in in America. I know it's I know it's fearless up there, but it's stupid. I need you to make it through at least this trap season. We got yes, too many. Just we one got, more. We That's got too many takes. Well, hopefully a lot more than that. But uh, I'm going to have you look at the draft order. Some teams that maybe we didn't talk about. I'm going to read a, an ad from our friends over sure. at DraftKings, and then I'll uh, and then I'll kick it back to you, folks. The NFL playoff picture is locked in. And our go-to place for wild card round action is DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. To kick off the road to the Super Bowl. New customers can bet just $5 and get themselves 200 in free bets instantly. What a great deal. Plus, all the new and existing customers can get a no-sweat bet each day of the wild card round this upcoming weekend. Just place any NFL bet of your choice, and if it loses, you'll get a free bet back of up to $10. Action so good, why bet anywhere else this playoffs? Uh, sports betting just became legal. In Ohio, where I'm at, at PFF's headquarters, and I've been loving it, man. I've been loving using DraftKings. I've been loving looking up different types of parlays, different types of prop bets. I mean, I've been all over the place with this stuff. It's been a lot of fun, and I, I will say, you know, I know it's a new year. I know we're only 11 year, eleven days in, but uh, <laughs> your boy's in the green. So uh, if you guys aren't on it, get on it. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use the promo code PFF so new customers can bet those $5 on any NFL game and get 200 in free bets instantly. Only a DraftKings Sportsbook with the promo code PFF. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. 
All right, Connor, I'll leave it up to you, my friend. Where are we going next? So I'm thinking, I'm thinking this is a good time to kind of evaluate where runs begin, right? In the Ooh, top 20. Sure. Yeah. Um, so I look at two areas of this draft that have potential for runs because they're a little deep in their top mm-hmm. uh, section of the draft. I look at corner and I look at tackle. Um, offensive it, tackle, right? Offensive tackle. Good correction. Yeah. Yes, yeah. definitely. So for me, I, I think those include Christian Gonzalez, Witherspoon, Porter Jr. Mm-hmm. I think Keely Ringo's in for a little bit of a tough process. He seemed like a top 15 guy for a while. He might be trending towards the back end of round one. It's going to be good. I still think he'll be like a top 25 pick, don't you? We had him in like the top 15 to 20. No, it's definitely a, a little bit of a slide for him. There's no doubt about it. The the It felt like during the early parts of the draft process, we looked at Keeley, cornerback from Georgia, for those of you that don't know, and we went, wow, six foot two, 210 pounds, can run a 4-3, 4-4-40-yard dash. That is, that is a big, tall, fast man that can play corner. Love that. And he does play really well on a vertical plane. When guys try to open up and really just get up the sideline on him, he can flip the hips, stay hip to hip with him, and really have some great recovery speed. But as we saw against Marvin Harrison Jr. with Georgia versus Ohio State, if you are shiftier, if you are somebody who can really set him up to make him flip his hips and change direction, he's just a bigger corner. He's not as smooth in that regard. So uh, that's kind of updating a little bit of what we thought of him when he was a top 15, top 10 projection, and now seeing him more as like, okay, he's not this unbelievably rare athlete where the change of direction is as good as long speed is. So you just kind of got to adjust where teams might be prioritizing him. So I do think that's a good call out by you. So the tackle run would be the group of Paris Johnson, Peter mm-hmm. Skaronsky, Broderick Jones. You might see Darnell Wright find his way into that conversation. You could even see somebody like Osiris Torrance as a guard, not looked at as high as an ABT, but looked at as a first-round interior player, which is a really big accomplishment. Mm-hmm. So, Trevor, where do you think in the top 18 those two runs could begin? Vegas needs offensive line, right? I mean, like Vegas, you look yeah, at seven. Do. If you go seven's got offensive tackle potential. Atlanta Col- Col- Colton Miller's been really good, but I know what you're saying. You back- need someone else. You need though. someone else. That's yeah. the trick. That's the trick. Yeah. Um, Tennessee desperately then needs offensive line. Okay, so here we go. I found it. This, I mean, this is what it is. Tennessee, Houston, New York Jets, 11, 12, 13. I would probably tell you that all three of those teams top need at that point in the draft is going to be offensive tackle. And then you have Washington at 16, Pittsburgh at 17. Both of those teams need offensive tackle as well. So 11, 12, 13, 16, 17, 11 through 17, we could have a major run on offensive tackle. So there it is. It's funny because you could say Tennessee for corner as well. Yeah, I'm trying to think for corner. Atlanta could use a corner. Oh, Oh, no, duh, the Eagles at 10 if Bradbury walks in free agency. But yeah, but that's kind of I'm saying like eight, we've got corner potential. 10, we've got corner potential. 11, and then 16 but i think that i think that corner run is actually detroit at six if they love a corner and want to take a corner at six i think they're probably going to stick on the trenches but six 
8, 10, 11 is where we could really see a pretty heavy corner run, I think. I think you're on it. Okay. I would agree with those. I'm trying to think of some other ones, but I think that's I think that's about it. I mean, those though, yeah, that's something that interests me is the runs in this draft. You you have you basically drafts go like this on a very surface level. Quarterback, blue chip players, mm-hmm. runs of the top position groups. This class is going to be that to a T. Quarterback, the Jalen Carter, Will Andersons of the world, tackle and corner. And edge. But edge is much more scattershot because Will Anderson go anywhere from one to four? Jared Verse went back to school. Mm-hmm. Tyree Tyree Wilson can go anywhere from five to twelve. Miles Murphy, same thing. But then you right, you get into the range of it's just scattershot edge pass rush. I feel like corners and tackles will go. You could have three and five picks. That's I I absolutely agree with you. Edge rusher probably is the case as well, but like you mentioned, like edge gets deep though. You know, edges you could have you could have three edge rushers go off the board, and you could still be like, nah, all right, we're, we're I mean we're chilling. We got some other edge guys. Yeah, to be BJ Ojalari's out there. Yeah, Nolan yeah. Smith. Like all, it, I mean, I could sit here all day and list off names if you listen to the Edge Show. Right, right. Um, here's here's something I want to bring up. What's the most fun thing Philly can do with ten? Draft B. John Robinson. Well, I'm th- I'm telling you to expand your mind. Think bigger. The thing that comes to my mind immediately, trade 10 and wherever your other first-round pick ends up being, the three for Jalen Carter. And go draft Jalen Carter or Will Anderson. Just go draft one of the two. Yep. What does it matter? The team's already great. Team's offensive line's already good. I mean, no, you're right. I mean, I guess it kind of depends. But if you just trade, if you trade both of your first-round picks, it's fine because you still have a second round pick, a third round pick, and a seventh round pick. So you, so you would still then have three. I think top one hundred. I think their third round pick goes in the top one hundred, but maybe it's just outside the top one hundred. Three impactful picks, and then eh, you know, you got two. Actually, they have uh, they have two seventh round picks. So you still got some things to work with in in day three. You don't have to head to the beach quite yet. You still get that day to draft stuff. I love that man. I think that's a great strategy for Philly. And you know what's interesting about it is you you can realistically do it from a salary perspective because, say, we know they're picking 10. Let's say they pick 28th. Mm -hmm. 28th is 2.5 million on the cap. Uh, 10 is 4.06. So we'll estimate it at 6. almost 6.6. He's doing math, folks. Alive. Pick number four, Trevor, is about 6.6. So it's equal. It works. Just saying, man. That feels like the most fun thing that Philly could do with 10 is package 10 and whatever their uh, next pick is. And you know, like, Howie would do that. That's not, this isn't like fantasy scenario stock exchange. This this could happen. I was thinking about this earlier. 
how he has been a general manager, unless I'm really forgetting something that is always, you know, you're trading back, you're acquiring more picks, you're getting future draft capital. You're continuing to stay in the driver's seat, if you will, controlling first rounds each and every year since they traded away Carson Wentz. And I feel like eventually you're going to have the opportunity to where jumping up drastically is kind of what you need. If you set your team up in the right way by taking multiple swings during, during free agency for your first round picks, all that stuff, the investment in Jalen Hurts obviously is a second round pick turning out to be their their starting quarterback. That accelerates everything. That's the glue that makes the last couple of years stick together. But now they're in a situation where they can trade those two first round picks. They don't sure they could draft at 10 and 32 and draft some really good football players that will help their team in the future. But instead, they could just go get an absolute animal of a Will Anderson or a Jalen Carter. And I don't know. I just feel like that's a they're at that point in time of their plan where they can afford to do that. They can afford to get that aggressive. And of course, Arizona going back from three to 10 and then getting an extra first round pick too, be huge for Arizona. I think I'm with you. It it is one of the most unique scenarios. And the pro quarterback market is going to flip this thing upside down. I can't say it enough. Like some, somebody in the top 15 is going to have Jimmy G Somebody in the top, no, let me rephrase this. Somebody in the top 16 will have Jimmy G, Derek Carr. I'd include Washington. Yeah, um, you do. You, you, that'll take them out of quarterback. I As the days go by, I should whisper this. I don't know if Lamar Jackson's going to be a Raven next year. I don't know, brother. Don't it's, know. Get, it's finally reaching like, I won't laugh at this anymore. I won't laugh at it. You're saying when people tweet out stuff about him, maybe going. Yeah, I mean, it just it's unprecedented to think of a 26 year old MVP actually being on the move from a great organization. And now I look by and I'm like, I still think they franchise tag him. They, I mean, absolutely, you have to. Yeah, because you have yeah. to protect yourself. But, but. You've seen some good-looking Jets jersey swaps, and oh you no, know, don't you dare do yeah, this! And, to me. And, and you just, you know, you look no, at him, you go, no, oh, no, hmm. no, no, no. <laughs> he was not having it. You, he said, "You are not screenshotting me." Not on this day. Not. <laughs> that would be one hell of a way to end the Namath curse. Oh yeah, we got Lamar Jackson. That'd be. Yeah, wait, I mean, wait—is the name of Namath curse just haven't had a quarterback since? Yeah, and I mean, Namath guaranteed they'd beat the Colts in the Super Bowl when they were massive, massive underdogs. They did mm-hmm. it, and outside of a Testaverde year here, wait, Sanchez, Sanchez, dude, stop the Sanche- it, the dude, the Sanchez. What do you mean back to back AFC championships? What a nickname, by the way, the Sanchez. <laughs> the Sanchez. Oh my god. <laughs> Um, we can get out of here just given your, we're obviously going to talk Jets plenty on, on this show. Um, but like just preliminary early thoughts with them at 13. I think that it's a good spot if they want offensive tackle. That's where mind is a, my mind is able to yes. go. It feels like a really good spot for them. But what I, I, is that at the top of your list? Do you have a short yeah. list right now at different positions? What do you think? I know your mock draft had, had them taking Paris Johnson. Um, I shortly after on Badlands said that was, that's, where my head is at it's just the perfect if he makes it there I just, that's no guarantee anymore either but it's right. not unrealistic 
tackle comes to mind for them. I mean, I know I keep pointing to it, but verse going back to school, yeah. really, it, it does have a ripple effect down the board. So mm-hmm. I, I'm with you, tackle, and and you nailed it where you have that unique run of Tennessee, Houston Jets. It feels like for the Jets then, being the last one, you're kind of looking at like one of Skaronsky, Paris Johnson, or Broderick Jones will be a New York Jet, I mm-hmm. think, if I was picking today. Yeah. So, yeah. So we'll see, but yeah, unless they uh, unless they trade that pick because we know it's, you know, I didn't say DefCon one, but it's Joe Douglas has to be more aggressive than he's been in this offseason, and and we'll see what they do with that pick. Yeah, Jets are one of uh, obviously many teams that uh, worth monitoring of of how they're going to handle their moves at quarterback, and then yeah. vice versa. You know, the, the 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 draft class and how they go about using free agency capital. Um, draft capital, all that good stuff. There, there's so many things to dig into. Obviously, we couldn't get to all of it here on this one show, but that was our initial thoughts as we have looked at the locked draft order following the regular season. We've got the non-playoff teams in their specific spots. Let us know what you guys think. Tell us about your favorite team. If they're picking in a certain spot already, one through 18, let us know what you're targeting. Some positions, some players. We'd love to hear from you. We'd love to hear your thoughts on other scenarios uh, that we might have discussed. Maybe some scenarios that we didn't discuss for your teams or other teams uh, around the NFL draft. Obviously, with Chicago having that number one overall selection, the possibilities are endless if you will so let us know if you're watching this on youtube comment on the youtube channel uh we're always reading the youtube comments so make sure that you guys do that if you want to hit us up on twitter at tampa bay trey at connor j rogers you can hit us up on instagram as well we're reading all that kinds of good stuff there uh we got one more show coming up tomorrow uh as we're going to talk about the final we're, we're, we're finalizing the class you know before we get back to some of the rankings we do want to touch on now that the national championship is finished um is finished before it even began, I would say. Now that that final game of the college football season is over, we're getting these final declarations from players. Are they going back to school? Are they staying? And we're kind of really starting to shape out what this draft class is going to be like. So we're going to highlight some of the players that had already said that they're returning back to school, some of the guys that have declared, some of the highlights there, and then, of course, get into some of the all-star bowl invites as well. So we're going to be talking about that on uh, on tomorrow's episode. But, Connor, you got anything else before we get out of here? No, you nailed it. Excited to jump in tomorrow. The draft world is going 100 miles an hour right now as these guys had to make decisions. Class is really shaping up as we went through today. There's a lot of different scenarios at hand for teams as well. I know we'll get back into rankings next week. We'll get back into fixing franchises. Mm -hmm. And I think we haven't announced what, I mean, our playoff situation as well, because we did what matters most for the regular season. But I think oh, yeah. the beginning of the week will be heavily covering the playoffs as well. Yeah, well, it'll be a little different. It'll be it'll be kind of like what matters most emphasis wise. But we'll we'll throw some other things into the Monday yep. show just because we won't be covering as many games. So we'll have some time there to uh, to get to talk about it. Shoot, maybe we'll open up to some listener voicemails right yeah. like right yeah. after games right after the playoffs get to hear you guys' thoughts and maybe just uh talk about all that stuff we'll keep it we'll keep it pretty open we'll have a game plan moving forward but uh we're making we're gonna make sure that we slingshot you guys into the offseason hit the ground running into draft season hopefully this is one of the podcasts that gets to stay in your rotation all draft season long because we're gonna be having some incredible content for you over the next couple of months i'm trevor sycama that is connor rogers thank you guys so much for listening to the nfl stock exchange podcast see you tomorrow <laughs>